Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast, and this week we are sitting down with a special guest. This week we have Boris Kezik on the show. Boris is our brand mentor. He is the founder of Metcon Creative, and most importantly, he is a husband and now father. And we're going to sit down with Boris and dive deep into the story behind Metcon Creative, our relationship with Ballistic Performance and Metcon Creative, and the work we are doing together, and the fantastic work that Boris has brought to us as well as what we see going on in the fitness industry, especially with everything that is occurring with COVID and where we see that industry going in the next 12 to 36 months. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I think there's a lot of insight and great pieces that you can take with you. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 35, and we are here with Boris Kezik. Boris is our brand mentor or designer. He's the founder of Metcon Creative, and most importantly, he's a husband and now father. And so, Boris, I'm going to hand it off to you. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you do it? Um, hey, everyone. Thank you for the invite, first of all, Derek and Ashley. Um, I am a brand and graphic designer from Sydney, Australia. Uh, a few years ago, I decided that, you know, the best way to live a fulfilling life in terms of my career was to combine two of my greatest passions. One, one is design and one is fitness. Um, I've always been into working out. I've always been active um, from childhood. And uh, it just seemed like, you know, if you had a Venn diagram of what the perfect career for me is, it's a combination of those two. And, um, that's what I do with Metcon Creative, and I have the pleasure of working with people like Derek and Ashley to bring their brand to life. And um, on the other side of that, like I said, I love working out, I love running, I love anything active, um, and I recently became a father. We have a four-and-a-half-month-old baby. Um, she's a little girl. Her name's Mila, and um, that's been a really, really exciting adventure so far. So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Love it. Uh, how is dad life, by the way? Man, it's it's unreal. It's it's so um, you, like you know, you think you prepare for it, and you're like, I'm going to be this kind of dad, and and you know, it's going to be this this way or that way, and um, it's just been a ride, man. It's been an adventure. It's 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 so it's so cool. Like I kind of um, a friend of mine told me this when he had a had his first child, and he said, you know, your world is huge. And suddenly it's like it can fit on, on, on a pin and it is kind of that experience. Um, it, it really gives you a very concentrated vision of like what's important in life. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's been awesome, man. It's so cool. Like she's just, she's just a real, real joy and um, it's been an adventure and like you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about, you know, your wife and, and, and your family and how things go. And um, yeah, it's just awesome. I'd have a better word for it than that. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I was just talking to Ashley about this. How old is your daughter now? Four and a half months. Okay. Yeah, uh, my was guess was somewhere between four and six months. I couldn't remember mm -hmm. if you guys had her before we had moved to Michigan or after, but I figured it was somewhere in that ballpark. I think it was literally, um, 
it, it, it was <laughs> the first two or three weeks of her life are a bit of a blur <laughs> of just like not sleeping and just be like, like the, the, the feeling of bringing a baby home <laughs> is surreal. You're like, first of all, it's the slowest you've ever driven in your life. Like <laughs> just going from hospital, you're like, you have the most precious cargo on board. Baby on board. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, um, you get home and, um, yeah, some, somewhere in there, I remember an email from you saying that, you know, you're moving to Michigan. Um, and that there were a few like kind of job changes and stuff that you guys were doing in between. But, um, the, the funny thing is about like she was born and she was born on 29th of February. So like leap, leap day. Um, and two weeks later, everything went into lockdown here in here in Sydney. So, you know, a- anything you relied on in terms of like outside help, um, you know, just people coming over and seeing her, it's like all that went away. <laughs> so yeah. for like eight weeks, it was just me and my wife. <laughs> That's a good test, the relationship and oh, your uh, father skills. <laughs> oh, for sure, man, for sure. It definitely tested um, every brain cell, every ounce of sanity that you have, but, um, it really did. It, it, it confounded that experience of this is what matters now. And um, it was a really beautiful experience. Yeah. And I say that with full respect to um, understanding that this whole coronavirus thing has not been a beautiful experience for many people who've lost jobs, businesses, gotten sick, lost family members. You know, it's quite horrific, but, you know, yeah. in, in some sense, the world slowing down hasn't been a bad thing at all. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of benefit. And obviously, like you said, a lot of tragic things as well, but it'll be yeah. interesting. Do you guys want to have another at any point? Yeah. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see the difference between yeah. Yeah. The, those yeah, first we're... eight weeks when you're trapped at home and you can't can't help, yeah. can't do anything, and then yeah. normal life. It, exactly. Well, I mean, like what's normal going to look like, right? But sure. um, yeah, we had that conversation. We've always kind of said we want two or three. And then um, about three weeks into it, we're like, I think, well, one and done. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> but, you know, as you kind of just like the joy of it overtakes you, you're like, yeah, man, like, yeah. I'm, I'm up for another. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll give it a few years. But, yeah, definitely awesome. on the cards. Yeah, if we're blessed with it. We're blessed with it. Awesome. Well, at the, uh, the beginning of every show now that we have a guest, we started doing these sort of rapid fire questions. So we're going to go through, I'll give you the question, you give me mm-hmm. the answer. It uh, doesn't need to be long-winded or anything like that, whatever sure. first comes to mind. And uh, so we'll just hop right into it with this first one. So what is your favorite movement or exercise? Running. Running. Always running. I love running. That changed my whole opinion of you. <laughs> not so highly of you until you just said yeah. that. Well, you know what? Maybe it's because you can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, yeah. Okay, what uh, what about uh, what's your favorite fitness related brand? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I have to say Nike, just because they're always changing it up, and there's a whole bunch of like just business practices I don't agree with. But um, in a broad sense, Nike. In a in a in a value sense, Patagonia. Definitely okay. Patagonia. I love the like they're just a responsible company. If I was to emulate one of them, like the coolness of Nike, but the responsibility of Patagonia. That that can be the new slogan for Metcon Creative. That's it. <laughs> I'm gonna start making clothes. <laughs> Nike meets Patagonia. There you go. Uh, yeah, what about uh, what's your favorite food? Oh, pizza, all day. 
Every Anything day. specific? You know what, man? I, I love a good, like, just a margarita, like a okay. good classic. And, and my, my hack is margarita with mushrooms. That's wow. Yeah. That, for, for me, that's, that's the jam. That's bold. You like pizza, you like pizza too, right? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I, that's I go it. crazy. <laughs> but I'm, I'm the opposite. Like, I don't have a favorite. I can eat pretty much anything except mushrooms and sardines. And oh, really? it, it can be the best pizza in the world or the shittiest pizza in the world. As long as it doesn't yeah. have those two things on it, I will eat it. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I'm just, I, I remember um, we're doing your website and, and you said like Domino's, wood fight, I'll have it all. I'm the same way, man. I don't care if it comes out of a freezer or if it comes from like a gourmet restaurant, man, I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What about uh, favorite beer or wine if you drink wine? I drink both, but... Um, Favorite beer is there's an Australian beer called Colonial, and it's a it's an IPA in the Impale Ale. Um, one of my friends is big into like craft beer and stuff like that, so he gets me to try all different things, and I tried that one, and that's that's the jam. It's like two standard drinks, so you know it ticks a go. lot of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about your favorite movie? Snatch. What'd you say? Snatch. Guy Ritchie. Sna- snatch. Okay. I thought you said match and I was like, I don't even know what that movie is. No. Have you seen Snatch? No, I haven't seen that either. Oh, it's um, like <clears throat> comedy action, British gangster underworld kind of thing and just lots of fun dialogue. Brad Pitt's in it. Um, yeah, it's a good one. I'm going to watch this with Ash and if it's terrible, I'm going to blame it all on you. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, what about favorite TV show? Ooh. Uh friends love friends. it yeah and that makes up for the people, running all the side people are going to be like boo yeah <laughs> uh, of, all, of all time it has to be friends it's just feel good it's just cool oh, yeah. um currently billions at the moment I'm watching okay billions. i've heard that's good it is but um it's it puts you in a weird mind space man it's uh there's a lot of like betrayal and anger and stuff so like <laughs> so you have to watch friends after to get yourself back yeah, to baseline yeah lines. just just to be like, you know, you're not a horrible person and there's no like billion dollar account on the line. <laughs> All right. Now, what superhero would you be? Ooh, Batman. Nice. Just cool, cool gadgets and like, you know, his skills are almost self-attained other than the technology. <laughs> so I, I, I like that idea. All right. The solid pick. Solid pick. Yeah. What about uh, you? Oh, mine's Wolverine, 100%. Oh, of course, yeah. He's invincible, and he's got claws that come out of his hands. Like, yeah. <laughs> can't beat it. it does, it's, it's hard to beat, yeah. It's either that or Iron Man, just because Iron Man's so cool. Uh, Iron Man's like a, a Silicon Valley Batman. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, would you, now these are some would-you-rathers. Would you rather have to wear sweatpants every day for the rest of your life or never be able to wear sweatpants again? Never be able to wear sweatpants again. Okay. I don't like sweatpants. <laughs> like even now, it's winter here in Australia, which like, you know, winter light, but um, I'm in shorts most of the time. I don't know. Got the it. The sweat of the sweatpants, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Would you rather have all your shirts be two sizes too big or one size too small? <laughs> two sizes too big. I always pick the opposite on that one. I hate feeling like I'm in a bed sheet. I can't do it. You hate not looking muscular. Well, Tell that too. Both. <laughs> no, for me, it's because I'm like, I'm 6'2", which isn't like super tall, but if I put on a medium shirt, you know, like it, it fits nice and snug and, you know, um, my shoulders look good. 
or at least so I think. But um, it's always too tight around the waist, <laughs> and I'm comfortable. So yeah, hey, two sizes guys, too big. Got to do what you got to do. Would you rather wrestle <laughs> a bear or an alligator? A bear, you have more of a chance. It depends on have land you, or in water. Have you seen the Revenant? You don't stand a chance against that bear. I've started doing jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't stand a chance against the bear. But like, um, we went to North Queensland last year, um, and they have um, they have crocodiles, and we went to a crocodile park and we saw what crocodiles do. So <laughs> that was if, enough. If you're if you're anywhere near water and a crocodile is there, you are gone, and there's there's zero percent survival. Yeah, maybe I, I can outrun a bear. Yeah, you have to run downhill. That's okay. Not yeah, like no, I'm saying that's how you do it. You run downhill. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, with an alligator or a crocodile, they say um, actually on on land they're super easy to outrun. They only run like ten miles an hour. Yeah, don't they say you like zigzag and they can't keep up with you or something like that? Yeah, yeah, but. I'm slower when I zigzag too, so it makes no sense. <laughs> All right. Would you rather only drink coffee or never be able to drink coffee again? You're going to hate me, man. I don't drink coffee, so never drink coffee again. No coffee at all? Never. Wow. Good for you. Not even with a baby. <laughs> no, I, I nearly gave in. I was like, no. You know what? It, it just makes me jittery. It doesn't, it doesn't have the same effect on me that it does on other people. Well, eventually it doesn't do anything to you and you're just addicted to the caffeine anyway. So, <laughs> Is that where you're at? Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't even yeah. like coffee. I literally just drink <laughs> it to get the caffeine. Yeah, see, this is the thing. I don't like anything. I don't, I don't want to have to take anything to get me to zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just, a big I, hole to dig out of too because the minute <laughs> I don't drink coffee by 10 a.m., like stay away from me because I'm going to have headache, a migraine right? that I could just yeah. headbutt through a cinder block wall. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Would you be able, or would you rather, change one thing in your past, or have a real get out of jail free card? I suppose change something in my past. I don't really foresee jail in my future. I don't know what I would have to do to go to jail. <laughs> That's exactly so. the uh, the same answer Spencer Hendel Spencer Hendel gave me when him and really? I went through this. The exact answer. That's interesting. He's he looks like he could go to jail. <laughs> like he could especially back in the day yeah back in yeah. the day when he had that mohawk and that fu manchu yeah that that's what i'm saying like yeah. he, he he looks like someone but well maybe it's just uh maybe the look is intimidating enough and he'll never have to be in this position that's it i mean and he's an enormous human so you probably don't want to mess yeah. with him anyway <laughs> yeah like he's not gonna get put in jail for like beating anyone up no one's gonna want to fight <laughs> exactly exactly would you rather remember every conversation you have or everything that you read everything i read i agree yeah would you rather only be able to listen to the same song every day of your life or only be able to watch the same movie every day of your life same song i agreed same same song i don't know i can't I can't sit there for two hours a day. <laughs> can you, well, can you just imagine only ever seeing that for the rest of your life? Even ah. if it's your favorite movie of all time, even if it's Snatch. I've watched Snatch at least 50 times. Um, <laughs> at, I, I worked at um, Nike in retail back when I was like in school. Um, and we had like a TV in the lunchroom and this was in the days of um, VHS tapes, how old I am. Um, but 
yeah, we had Snatch and it was like just playing on loop. So <laughs> I've seen it plenty and no, that's not how I would want to live my life. But same song, <laughs> I could do the same song. All right, cool. So that was the last question. Uh, now what I want to kind of transition into is talking a little bit about Metcon Creative. Uh, so in a nutshell, why don't you give us your story? How was Metcon Creative born? So uh, I first became a so the story kind of goes back to when I first became a designer which was like 13 years ago you know I got my diploma and um, my first job was this dude had converted his garage into a design studio so that's where I kind of started out as a junior and then after that I went into corporate I went into like several different like agency like creative agencies um, where I had exposure to all different kind of projects working on different companies everything from like just doing, you know, like um, digital ads for websites to like full branding projects with like multi-million dollar budgets. Um, I, I worked on a whole, like I, I worked at a um, creative agency that was focused on property marketing and, you know, we've got so many sky rises in Sydney, high-end property developments and stuff like that. So it was cool to work on that stuff because the budget was unlimited. You could do all these cool things with print. So I've had kind of an experience, like a broad experience in in my work from like people who have zero budget and people who have millions of dollars of budgets. And the cool thing about it is you're always talking to humans. So I thought, what are the pe- who are the people that I enjoy hanging out with? Who are the people I enjoy helping and working with? And it always kept coming back to fitness and it always kept coming back to you know just i just have this feeling like people who work out just tend to be nicer (laughs) you know it's um like there's science to that somewhere um but it's just a feeling and not to say that people who don't exercise are bad people um it's just kind of like i suppose they're my people they're people i I enjoy hanging out with and, and i understand um yeah i always always loved fitness and and i have to say throughout my whole career from the day I got my first job to the day I left my last job, uh, I was always doing freelance work on the side. So not even for any reason to like have a side hustle or anything, but just because, you know, people show up like my cousin opens, you know, a painting business and he needs business cards. So I'm the guy who gets the call and someone opens a patisserie and I'm the guy who gets the call. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just, these opportunities are just around. You tell people you're a designer and they need design done. So I kind of developed this, ability to work with clients and then um crossfit came into my life in about 2012 and i drank the kool-aid like hard and the reason that i don't want to remember all the conversations i've ever had i'd rather remember all the books is because i've had so many cringeworthy conversations of like just trying to convince people to do crossfit <laughs> you know like many of us have like no this is the best thing is like being evangelical about it um but it it really did um, bring this whole fitness thing to light for me in a big way. And I even did my level one and I, I toyed with the idea of being a coach. But then I realized, you know what, like my best way to have an impact is to combine these skill sets. And I wanted to help people get healthy and I didn't have to be a coach to do that. I figured if I could create really good brands and marketing for these gyms, that attract the people who they can help, then, you know, I'm, I'm playing my part in that whole kind of ecosystem of, of helping people get healthier. So three years ago, three and a half years ago now, 
I quit my nine to five and went full time on on Mekong Creative, and I haven't looked back since. It's been it's been a great journey, and um, I've I've been very very fortunate to work with a lot of great clients, and um, yeah, just bring a lot of people's vision to life. And it, it's interesting, you know, from the outside looking in, people might be like, "Wow, you do branding for gyms? That must get boring and repetitive." And it's been anything but that, man. Like everyone is so different, um, so it's like super. It's just fun. I'm just really enjoying and lo- loving, loving the life that I've kind of managed to create for myself. Um, yeah, 13 years of design and and three years of owning my own business, and it's yeah, it's a ride. But it's an overnight success, right? That's what everybody thinks. 100, percent 100. percent They're like, you know, how do you? I, I, I get messages every now and then on Instagram when people are like, I want to do what you do. I'm in design school, and I'm like, cool, go work for someone else for 10 years, learn business, and um. Because I think that's that's something I've been blessed with as well. I've had like a few mentors along the way, and um, that big property marketing agency that I worked at, um, I strategically we were doing a seating plan. And I strategically wanted to sit next to the owner of the business. You know, he had ten people, like it was a, a group of ten people, but I wanted to sit next to him because I found it really interesting how he spoke to clients, how he handled things, and. Um, just kind of wanted to expose myself to that and I still use some of the things that I learned. Um, he just treated people well, man. That's I think that's the key. That's as, awesome. you, as I'm sure you've seen in your business as well, just treat people well, things tend to go well. Yeah, I mean, we're we're similar. I mean, I've, I coached full-time, still coaching part-time for yeah. eight years. And, you know, we just yeah. launched Ballistic last, was that September 2019 or October 2019? So yeah. You definitely got to put your time in and get that experience sure. and find those people like uh, like the owner of that business you just described and mm-hmm. suck up every little bit of knowledge you can. For sure. Like, and, and do you feel like, um, because I know like working with you, it's for sure like this thing comes up of, you know, the, the Instagram fitness guru and stuff like that. And it's how much does that play on your mind uh, of, you know, pe- are people going to perceive you as this like overnight Instagram guru who like you're just good at working out and now you're a coach versus like a foot in the hours, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I think that's a battle, especially for everyone in fitness on for sure. on social media, especially Instagram. But I mean, the way I look at it is, you always you just have to keep putting out content, keep treating people well, keep striving to be the best because that's the only way you're going to break through all the noise, and you're probably going to have to do that for. 10 times longer than you think you're going to need to before you actually break through that ceiling. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cause when you look at anyone who's had any success with content, it's, you know, yeah, we see the overnight success, but this is just success in general. It's, uh, it's usually just, you know, you saw it overnight, but what's yeah. been happening in the background is, you know, w- with me, I'm like, I mean, this is not an uncommon story. I don't think I'm special in any way. Um, but literally for like 10 years of my life, it was every weekend I was working at least one day and almost every night when I would come home from work, I would have something to do on the freelance side. So it was a uh, yeah, classic kind of side hustle for 10 years turned into full time. But mm-hmm. that's what it takes. That's what it takes, in my opinion, to do it right and to make it sustainable. Yeah, for sure. That's how I see it. All right. So broad question here, but maybe you can... Yeah. Uh, bring it into a more concise answer is mm-hmm. everything you just described, creating these brands, doing what you love, combining fitness and, and creative. Why is brand so important 
and maybe we can narrow it down to like a specific industry, but why is brand important? Why is it something that you're helping so many clients with? Brand is, and I think, I think the fitness industry, if we bring it to our industry, is on the precipice of recognizing how important branding is, right? I think a lot of other industries have been savvy to it for a long time. And I look, I look towards the startup space because a lot of them are like pre-revenue. They don't really have any business to show. They have an idea. And their ability to communicate that idea is able to secure the millions in funding, thousands of pre-orders, you know, so what is it that is creating that kind of buy-in and that kind of excitement? And it's it's the brand. And, and the brand, as I see it, is just the story that you tell between who you really are and your potential customers connecting to that. Like it's the bridge between culture and commerce, like the culture that you set up and the commerce that you hope to achieve. Um, I think the importance of it is is being seen more and more each day like we're kind of australia's in a recession and i remember reading um not a bad one not like 2008 or anything but i remember uh reading and it was from patagonia they were saying that their sales go up during a recession and it's because when when people's back is against the wall they only spend money on things they believe in I think that's an extreme example, but I think you can see it in a micro sense every single day. People are moving more towards sustainability. People shop based on values now in a big way. And the only way to communicate that is through your branding, through the stories you tell, the visuals you put up, the people you feature. And, um, you know, to, to the, the days of opening your doors at your gym and being like, we're here, build it and they will come, just doesn't exist anymore. Like that, that, that time is gone and the quicker you realize that that time is gone and that you better um, spend some time and energy into crafting a brand that people can connect with, the better. Yeah. I always joke around with people. I say like, if you opened a CrossFit gym between 2013 and 2016 mm-hmm. or even earlier, there is no uh, way in hell you didn't make money. Yeah, you could have 100%. been a dumbass who didn't know a single thing except how to unlock your door and pull up the garage door, and you would make. And not even that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I mean, I was, yeah, I was very fortunate. Like I started CrossFit in 2012, and my coach, he didn't know shit about coaching yet. Like you know, he was still developing that, but um, he knew that technique was super important. So I didn't get. I never had like that horror story of getting super injured. I know right. a lot of people did. Like you were literally, it is insane when you think about it in retrospect. Like you said, like it's 2013, you go to a weekend course, you rent some space, you open a gym door, you injure everyone and people still recommend it. <laughs> still recommend it and you're still making money hand over fist. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're like, this is $180. <laughs> there's, there's 60 of you. Go. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I remember so, people used to sell out just like the franchises do now, they would sell out the first 150 members before even opening their doors. You couldn't do that right. now at a CrossFit gym if if you were paying people to be a member. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Because, and I think it's, it's, you saw it happen, you know, around like 2017, 2018, things started coming up where like, you know, people were doing the whole, it, 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 I think the, the focus in the fitness industry on brands started really with the gym fit outs and people investing, like 
you would hear about these gyms like that's a four hundred thousand dollar fit out because they have like the the old style like wood paneling on the walls mm -hmm. you know everything's rogue and everything's color coded and you were like oh shit like this is, fuck i have pvc pipes at my gym <laughs> like, <laughs> you know yeah. um so i think that's that's where you started to see this elevation and now the only thing that sells out is is you know here it's f45 you know in, in the states like fit body boot camp and like all these kind of this is the sad state of it is they're the ones who can who have the money to market mm -hmm. so aggressively um but yeah it's 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 you know the, the people who provide an elevated experience now and this is the onus on like small gym owners and online businesses is to do the same yeah well, so as it relates to kind of what we were just talking about, branding mm -hmm. and, and fitness and nutrition and health, what are some of the biggest issues that you see right now as it relates to branding for those sectors, for that industry? I think it's, here's the problem I see and the, the problem that I'm trying to help with as much as I can. The people who are interested in running a profitable business to make money have the money and have the means and the like the kind of backing to run millions of dollars worth of ads to get tens of thousands of people into their gyms you know like we're talking about big chains and stuff like that they have the advertising capital and they have you know brands that have obviously been very well thought through and then you have the smaller people who are really just interested in helping people and they don't really understand the game that they're in that you know, they always think that they're competing with, you know, the other small gym in town, but you're competing against these big chains. Oftentimes, these big chains are doing things that are detrimental to people's health. Like, you know, we have F45 here and, you know, like anything that introduces people to fitness, I'm for it. But some of these things just break people. Like, you know, you, you put people on six days a week of high-intensity workouts, you give them 1,200 calories to eat and you do that for eight weeks. Yeah, recipe you know, it's gonna, it's for disaster. Gonna, recipe for disaster, and it's also like it's their fitness journey is likely to last eight weeks, and then not again for another three years until they get desperate enough again. So I think that's the saddest part of the industry is that the people who need the help the most know where to find it. Um, they have no discernment of where to find the right way to do it, and they're most susceptible to this kind of like, pro, like this this money money-making um, mm -hmm. marketing, which I think has it, it's always been part of the game. You know, people have always done that. There's always been those gyms that that their whole business model is that people don't come, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, the big low-bed gyms and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, every commercial gym, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, um, so that that's always been a thing, but I, I feel like it's pronounced now and, and it's only exacerbated by the the guy who did you know like a three-month certification in fitness and is now an instagram guru and is selling you his 12-week program um you know for beauty gains and <laughs> whatever like you know yeah. like make your money like i'm gonna hate on anyone who's doing business and stuff like that it, it takes courage to do anything but I, I definitely think that there's there's the right way and um yeah so the the ones breaking people seem to have all the money and attention and and the ones doing the right thing um don't have as much awareness of what they need to do so yeah that, that's the problem that i see brand wise no i i completely agree i mean you're you're on instagram enough we're on instagram enough i think anybody yeah. who has instagram sees all that and so do you think 
in your opinion, obviously, then establishing a well-polished, clear message and a and a great brand that'll yeah. help you, or at least put you in the right direction on breaking through all of that noise and and getting yourself sure. out there in front of people and and allowing people to see that you're the credible, reliable source who is actually there with the intent of helping. Yeah, hundred percent. I think for me, like when I when I talk about branding to people. I always say that a good brand is is a combination of three things of authenticity of uh, clarity and of consistency because if you're authentic and if you're a gym owner or a trainer who is real and genuine about helping people and doing this thing the right way there is absolutely a space for you to make money and to be profitable and to like really be fulfilled because that's like you know helping people is incredibly fulfilling so if you're real about it there's a way to communicate that and if you can do it in a clear way where your message doesn't get muddled where you know exactly what you need to say and exactly who you're talking to you understand the person who's most going to resonate with what you're putting out there um the message comes across clearly to them and then you do that consistently you do it repeatedly you do it a lot you have patience i think you're going to set yourself up to win and like you said it has to be polished like the days of um you know a grungy fitness brand or just reposting stuff from other people like those days are over your your thing has to be curated and you really need to think of your brand as as something that exists in the hearts and minds of people and um it really needs to be an extension of a high level experience that you're providing. Like I've spoken to you before about places like Barry's places, like orange theory, the experience when you go into those places is insane. And, um, I think I, I employ anyone to, to go and do that. Anyone who is opening a gym or running a gym, go do that and see, like, if you don't walk away with 10 things that you can implement tomorrow in your gym and in your brand, then you're not paying attention. Yeah. I think it's definitely something to do. Absolutely. Uh, and now with Metcon Creative, when uh -huh. you're looking to work with a prospective client or someone that reaches out to you and inquires, you know, what are you looking for? Because I'm pretty sure your slogan is good work for good people, right? Yep, so like, yep. what do you qualify as good people? For me, like that, that slogan, and um, I didn't come up with that slogan. I, I stole it from someone else. <laughs> like, you know, not, none of these things are like very original. I heard it somewhere. I don't remember where, but um, I thought, hey, that's that sounds like a good description of what I do. Um, so, you know, I kind of made it my own. But for me, that the way that I came to that was gym owners and, and fitness professionals generally want to help people um, get better, get healthier, get fitter. And that puts you in a good person category for me already. Now, obviously, there needs to be more discernment to that because I do have sometimes people contact me and they're like, you know, I want to make 15 ebooks. I want to sell them for $129 or like, you know, $10 or just they want to do the, the lead generation. Like they want to appeal to people's, um, kind of fear center and you know if you don't do this this will happen and i like once that conversation begins um i, I pretty much like realize like we're not going to be a good fit it's the person who's very passionate it's the person who 
you know, really believes in this. And like, I have a conversation with people and I can, I can usually tell, you know, who's good people. For, for me, if you want to help, you're genuine and, and, and you're just, you treat people well, that's, that's a good person for me. Got it. Have you ever gotten to like the clear brand workshop before realizing mm-hmm. that, oh shit, like this, this is not a good match? Um, I have to say I haven't, I haven't yet. I have definitely come to, so like for, for those listening, uh, like the clear brand workshop is like this two to three hour workshop that I run and it's a, it's a deep dive into your business and it's, um, ask a ton of questions. We get down to like core values. We get into like, what do you believe, what do you believe about, you know, nutrition, fitness, life. And then we figure out like who the ideal client is and stuff like that. So it's this deep conversation that goes down a lot of rabbit holes and you really find out who people are. I've definitely had experiences where that's been um, difficult to get out of people. Like they're just not, they're just not comfortable. So like it's, 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 it's incumbent upon me with like some skills of communication and almost interrogation you know, <laughs> yeah. to get it out of them. But I've never gotten there and been like, oh, this person's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's never happened. But if it does, then I'll come back on the podcast and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that'll be an awkward moment if it ever does does happen. There. Uh, you know what? If, if it, like, it has, like, uh, I think of one memory in particular, and um, it, it's happened a few times in the, like, first meeting that I take. So, usually, like, you know, I'll just have a chat to people and be like, hey, like, what's going on? What do you do? What do you need? Um, and there was a guy who he took the meeting on his gym floor and you know, it's over zoom, but he's like constantly talking to people like off screen. And I was like, that's just, this is not good people, man. That's not how you treat people. Like, you know, like I'm pretty flexible with time and everything like that. But, um, I think, I think, yeah, I just found that to be a bit rude. So for me, I was like, yeah. And I'll send him a proposal, which I knew was never going to happen. So, you know, with those people, you, you you do what uh, you keep up your end of the bargain, but you know that nothing's coming back. So, <laughs> got it. It is what it is, man. Hey, that's yeah, that's how it goes. All right. Well, yeah. so kind of after explaining that process, I think we can get mm-hmm. into our experience working with you at Metcon Creative, and yeah, I think we first reached out to. You, I think it was back in December of 2019. I would have to look at my emails to know for sure, but. Uh, I th- I reached out within like a few hours after listening to a podcast from Stu Brower on WCF. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about you, anything about Metcon Creative. Like I barely yeah. knew anything about our brand as it was. Like <laughs> we were yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple months into it. And uh, so I reached out and then from there, everything just seemed to flow and, and went really easily. And uh, we had a great initial conversation like you had mentioned. And yeah. uh, I think we both got the vibe that it would it would be a good fit. And so what yeah. I wanted to ask you was, you know, when you initially meet your clients, I assume you have initial reactions to everybody you meet. And yeah. so what was your initial reaction after speaking with Ash and I? Yeah. Like, and basically the brand as a whole. Uh-huh. You know, like it was, it was funny because Stu's podcast, that was the first time I'd done a podcast, right? Like, um, and, and it, it was very, um, you know, he's like, we'll just get on and we'll just shoot the shit. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> You know, and, and Stu's easy to talk to and stuff. So it, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, I got that email from you guys that you were like, you, I, th- I think you actually said that. Like, I don't really know what we need or what you do exactly, but we want to work with you. And I was like, all right, cool. So it is that initial conversation really 
it shows me if I'm going to be able to work with people, you know, and because this is a three to six to nine month process, you know, like depending on how much work we're doing together, this isn't, you know, go on Fiverr and, and get a logo. This is an immersive experience and it's, it's a relationship. My first impression of you guys was just like, these people are so happy. Like these people, <laughs> like, and, and, you know, like there's a, there's a cliche that like, you know, personal trainers are like always like, Hey guys, like, like always, you're always on, on like the yeah. chipper, you know? Um, and you guys were that, but in a very, very real and genuine way, just like the, the, the passion that you have for what you do and the passion for helping people just kind of like radiated out of you guys. And I think it was, um, it had to be more Ashley than me. She's, she's the, uh, the selling point of this deal. <laughs> Ashley, I remember, and like, I, I hope I don't embarrass her with this, but I think we started talking about helping people and Ashley cried. <laughs> like, <laughs> and this is the first conversation, you know, like, um, just cause like how much she like really wants to help people. And it's a, it's a genuine love for the person you don't even know, but that, you know, you can help, um, that, you know, really demonstrated that. And I think it, it came from you as well. Like you could say that it was Ashley, but it was from you as well. You just have a more, um, as, as is my impression anyway, a, a more collected way of showing it, you know, like yeah. you were like, yes, I will help people, but only if they hold up their end of the bargain. <laughs> it's actually like, I'll go to the ends of the world, even if they don't give me a shred. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, I always like, joke with her. I say, we're the perfect team because you have enough empathy and compassion yeah. and kindness yeah. for seven people. So yeah. it just covers up my lack of the, of those things yeah, and helps yeah, yeah. us out. But do you find that sometimes like, and it is balanced, I suppose, but do you ever find that like she's lacking that kind of um, where you're like this person, you're never going to be able to help them because they don't want to help themselves. Like, does that ever come into the equation? Uh, yeah, actually, I think we've started to notice it more since we moved to Michigan. I mean, cause that's when things, again, even though COVID is this terrible situation for most people, we mm -hmm. were fortunate enough that it was time for us to pour into the business and build a brand and scale up. And so we really gained yeah. a significant amount of clients moving here. And then the conversation yeah. started to happen where initially it was always just her handling her clients, handling the nutrition side and me taking the fitness side. And now yeah. it's become a much more dynamic process of like, hey, D, let me tell you this conversation I just had and what do you think you sh I should do? Yeah, and yeah, I'll give yeah. you know my very raw, real answer and she'll yeah, take yeah, it yeah. and kind of polish it and clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that it's definitely it's definitely come into play. Yeah, man. I, and I think that's that's just that's just what happens. And I, I like um, my wife is she's an empath. She's a like. I love her so much. She has this um, very real way of like, she's my, um, I'll show her my work and she's the person I trust to, to give it to me straight and tell me real, you know? And as a designer, like a lot of, a lot of designers can be precious because you really are like pouring yourself into the work. Like every time I design something, a part of me is in that. And so like, it's hard not to get personally invested. So it's it, that, as I've kind of grown in my career, you learn to have like a healthy detachment from, from the end result, from what you create. But, um, you know, I'll show her stuff and she's like, that just sucks. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, you mean it just sucks? Like, who, 
key. It's like, no, it just doesn't make me feel good. It's not right. You know, it's not right. And you know, it's not good enough. So like, keep working at it. And I'm like, all right, cool. And like, that's my, you got to have that person in your corner, man, especially when you're running a business, that's like company of one or two. And, you know, like you guys are finding out now, right? Like as you're taking on clients and you're like, what's the best way? Like you're building a process. You're kind of making it up as you go along and trying to find the best way to serve these people. You need that person in your corner who's going to tell you straight and also that person who like when you're being too hard on yourself, like my wife also does that for me where I'm like, I don't feel like this is there yet. I don't feel like I work hard enough. And she's like, dude, you need to chill. Like you've been at this for a while and like you're doing enough and, and it's great and, you know, people value you. So <laughs> you need that person in your corner for sure, man. And and like question for you, like you guys are running this business as a couple, like how hard is it? How hard is that? Like we just did a post about this today because we, so not exactly about running the business, but we had a friend that uh, we just saw him for the first time in three or four weeks. And, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the first things they said to us is like, Hey, you know, we were, we were talking about you guys yesterday and you spend a lot of time together. (laughs) You guys run the business together. You work out together. You walk the dog together. You like, you watch TV together and yeah. like, we couldn't do it. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really hard. I mean, especially yeah. when everything got locked down. I think yeah. we, were fo- we were fortunate enough that we've spent so much time together leading up to it that it really wasn't too different. That because different, even, in yeah. Florida, even in Florida, we worked 12 hours a day together. Then we drove home together. Then we spent the night, you know, and all that stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're kind of conditioned to it, but I could easily see how from an outside perspective, it's like, how in the hell are you spending yeah. 16 hours a day with your significant other and not wanting yeah. to kill each other? <laughs> of course you want to kill each other, right? And like, but, I, I tell everyone, yeah, exactly. I tell everyone like, oh yeah, there's definitely times where it's like World War Three in the house, right? But yeah. there's also times that we're able to pull it back and like we know that we love each other so much and that we're genuinely best friends that we'll get over it yeah. and we'll move on from whatever that is. And the business yeah. is really no different. You know, we each have our strengths and each have our weaknesses. And like you had mentioned with your wife, like Ashley will definitely tell me to like pull the reins back because I'm putting too much time and effort into something. Or mm-hmm. if it genuinely does suck, I mean, she's going to tell me because she yeah. is the brand represents her as well. So I think that's nice yeah. that it uh, keeps us honest in that way because there's some messages or posts that I'll write. And yeah. titles I'll put on our images and she'll say, we're not fucking putting that up there. Like, yeah. like you can't tell yeah, people like you just cannot, get this shit together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't say that or you can't write, like you can't put that out there. So, and most of the time she's right. And so I appreciate it. But my parents yeah. are also that way. They listen to the podcast and they'll be like, Derek, you cannot say the F word on your podcast. It makes yeah. you sound unprofessional. And I'm like, I'm a grown man. I can say whatever I want, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this constant battle, but then it makes me think about it. And then I start refining kind of like how I'm having these conversations and the way I'm presenting everything. And so it's yeah. good. It's a good balance. Yeah, I understand. That's that. Yeah, that's cool to know. Like, cause I'm, um, and uh, my apologies to your parents. I'm pretty sure I've dropped an F bomb on here. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's okay. But you know what? Like, not swearing is, is, is not necessary. Like, look at Stu Brower. Like, that guy. Is a sailor with his language <laughs> and he's running a pretty successful business. So, you know, like yeah, everyone has their audience. Exactly. Um, Everyone's got their own style. Yeah. My, um, I, I can totally relate because like my wife and I 
genuinely best friends. We're not in business together, but obviously like being in lockdown together, even before that, like it's the same thing. If I think of anything that I want to do or spend time doing, like uh, she's the first person I want to do it with. And that um, that's awesome. But, you know, like our biggest danger is like that we're going to talk out, talk each other and talk ourselves to death. And a lot of people are like, I just can't have a conversation with my partner anymore. And like, we have the opposite problem. We talk too that much, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so it's, it's finding a balance of everything. I think um, everyone struggles with different things, but I will say having a baby and being locked down definitely, um, Gave us something to do during lockdown. I don't know what it would have looked like if it was just me and her, because then it's like, well, that's uh, we were. She talks to her, uh, her colleagues at work all the time virtually, uh-huh. and because they have yeah. meetings all day every day, and yeah. uh, they talk about like every they do this uh, thing called like Breakfast Club. So for thirty minutes oh, every cool. day, they just get together and like bullshit and play yeah. games and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, the cool. one day they all shared you know, what they've learned or what they've, what hobbies they've picked up during quarantine. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, people are saying all the usual stuff. Like I learned to play an instrument. I started studying Spanish again, like, and blah, blah, blah. And Ashley, and I are, Ashley and I are sitting there like, holy shit, we haven't done anything except like work on the business. <laughs> like, yeah. We haven't learned anything new from a life perspective. Yeah. But you know what? You're building a business. Like it's okay if you haven't learned to crochet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's definitely yeah. okay. Uh, from from a brand perspective, like Ballistic as a brand and what we told you about it when you learned from the Clear Brand Workshop, you know, what stuck mm-hmm. out to you initially there as a potential differentiator or something that you can run with from a design standpoint? Mm-hmm. You know, what I really uh, found interesting that you guys exist at this... Um, at this crossover between being an incredibly genuine human, very real, very personable uh, approach to your business and an online only digital kind of, uh, you know, training program. So that's what intrigued me when we, when we first spoke uh, just from like getting your vibe, because oftentimes a lot of the people that are uh, online only trainers or, you know, people who just create programs and sell them tend to be sometimes the people who don't enjoy the one-on-one interaction as much. Uh, you guys were the opposite of that. You were like people who, if you guys opened the gym, would just never, never kind of have a problem making money because people would just be drawn to you guys, I imagine, you know, just because the personalities and the level of care that, that you provide. So to have that uh, that level of like humanness, for lack of a better word, <laughs> it's a terrible word, but um, uh, and and you know like to combine that with something digital, I found that super interesting. I, I think there's like a I take a big interest in like startup branding and and just looking at what those companies are doing, and the whole game is how do we make this incredibly digital thing that exists in algorithms and systems and, and servers and make it feel human. Um, so for me, it was combining your very human aspects with a digital first, digital only brand uh, that I found interesting. And I think that's that's what's going to be the differentiator because you have people here that wanna, who either want to train at a physical place or you have people who want to do something online. But I don't think there's anyone in the world who doesn't appreciate the human touch. So 
yeah, I think that's what that's what's interesting for me. I appreciate that. That was cool to kind of see that inside, and yeah. you know, you can think stuff about yourself all you want, but you never you never know what other people <laughs> yeah. are actually thinking, right? They're like, oh, uh, I didn't realize I'm, I'm incredibly difficult to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like Ashley yeah. has no problem talking to me. What are, what are these people talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll speak to her eighteen hours a day. <laughs> Uh, but no, definitely, well, that's awesome to hear. And you know, with we're pretty far into the the process at this point as a brand, mm-hmm. and up until this point, with us and with other clients as well, do you ever have the fear, or has it already happened where you do all this work, you put all this time and effort and energy, and like you invest yourself into this brand that you're creating, and then when you provide the logos, the fonts, the colors, all the material. Mm-hmm there's was there ever lack of execution on the other side or do you fear that and then you know because consistency is king and if it's not there then yeah. all of this is kind of yeah. a lost cause yeah man it, it's happened um and i always for me like uh, I, I learned early on that the healthiest way to think about all this stuff is like everything's your fault because if everything's your fault then you have some degree of control or, or at least um it's incumbent upon you to uh solve problems that haven't happened yet um so it's definitely something that's happened like at the moment like uh to give listeners a kind of overview of what happens is we create all this all this stuff like logos colors fonts um you know uh, badges and icons that will help people relate to your brand better and it's important that you maintain that as you post on social media, as you do blog posts, as you do podcasts like that, everything kind of has the same look and feel and sound and, and, and kind of like vibe to it. Right. And it's a problem if there is a breakdown in that. So now I provide this very like, um, kind of intensive brand manual. So it's really hard to get it wrong. That used to be like, now it's online. It's this page you log into and everything's there this used to be a thing of um, I just used to provide it in a PDF and send people their logos and stuff. And then it, it becomes this thing where like the onus is now on the gym owner or, you know, the marketing person at the gym or, or whoever, but sometimes it doesn't carry through. And, and for me, that's, it's sad to see because people invest so much energy and time and money into working with me and then on my end I invest a lot of time and energy and and a lot of myself into creating this work and to see it not come to life the way it's supposed to is sad because people are missing out on the benefits of having an authentic clear and consistent brand Um, so that happened kind of in the beginning when I was when I started doing this and you just evolve and you try to do a better job and you try to like always reach out like I I keep an eye lay and better believe like even after our work together is finished like i keep an eye <laughs> on, on like the stuff that you're doing because and, and uh you know the work doesn't end when 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 it's all said and done it's like it's i'm there to help always you know and like i'll, I'll message people and be like hey dude like green wasn't part of the brand what are you doing you know <laughs> like and if they have a good reason for it i'll f- try to find a way to like incorporate it into the brand and, and yeah. give them ways to use it but if they're just doing something that's like off brand and is hurting, I'll definitely say something. And um, that's definitely happened. And I've been, I've managed to put people back in onto the right path and, and they've had success with it. So yeah, to answer your question, it does happen. It, it's, it's, it's a constant, 
like I've been doing this for 13 years and like I spoke about earlier about having a healthy detachment, but every time I send that email off of like, here's my concept for your brand, like I've taken everything you've poured your heart out to me in this clear brand workshop and I've hopefully put visuals and words to it that are going to connect and I send it off and it's just like a waiting game of like, oh my God, <laughs> did <laughs> oh, I do it right? That's so funny. I It's funny that you mentioned like keeping tabs on the brands because every time we do a post, if you like it, like if Me- if I see Met Concrete and liked it, I go to Ashley and I'm like, "Hey, Boris liked that post. It must be better than the than the last one we did." Like, I if he if you if he liked it, there must have been something in there that was good. Yeah, you know what? It's and it's true. It's like I'll I'll see most of them, but you know the algorithm doesn't show me everything. But um, what I what I will say about you guys that I noticed from the get go, um, I looked at your Instagram and stuff. I'm like, okay like you already had a pattern to what you were doing, you know, you had like a text post an image post and like a text and image and you were already kind of thinking about the way you were presenting things at a higher level. So um, to see you guys maintaining that is, is awesome. Um, but yeah, so, so, and I will say like sometimes if I don't like something, it's not because you've done anything <laughs> wrong, Gary. No, it's I just know. just because I, I haven't. Like, I try to stay away from Instagram, to be honest with you. Like, for, for me, it's um, it's a huge distraction, like it is for a lot of people, I think. Um, so I'm trying to be like a digital minimalist in as, as, as much of the sense as I can. Uh, but when I do see stuff, it, it brings me great joy when I see your stuff and I'm like, it's so on point. Like, they're just using, they're using the Canva templates, but they're like, adding to it i'm like yeah it's good yeah i love it i love it and you guys you guys are content machines man we're trying i mean everybody's vol like what do they all say gary v right it's like volume and consistency that's what you got to do that's what it is man that's what it is and you know what like uh, a lot of people and soon i spoke about this but a lot of people say like their brand is just cool you know like i've heard that i've heard like i've sent because when people inquire they're like Whoever you worked with, that's like, you know, online trainers and I'll send you guys like you're my poster boy for that now. You know, you're the poster brand. Um, they're like, it's, it's just cool. I want I want a cool brand. And for me, cool is just authentic combined yeah. with consistent. And that's that's how you get cool. Like this is I mentioned Nike is a cool brand. They've just been doing quote unquote cool shit or like since they were formed. <laughs> yeah. And they just have a way of connecting to culture. So yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I mean we like you had mentioned trying to stay up Instagram it's a distraction we're trying to do we're trying to find that balance of putting out all that content but then having enough time to invest on the side that actually makes you money right like the actual business side of things because yeah. I don't think I don't think it's talked about a lot but creating all that content is a shit ton of time oh yeah yeah like, like I do these carousel posts very intermittently like <laughs> my goal is to post something every week and like sometimes i go a month without and it's because I'm, I'm i'm busy like i'm working on other people's stuff and it's like um it takes me like three hours to get one of yeah. those carousel posts out like i'm sure it takes you guys a ton of time too it's like yeah people do people think you're just kind of like spitting this stuff out right like how long does it take you to do a carousel post yeah i mean it's really it depends on the day but it used to be really similar to that, like no problem, three hours. Sometimes if it was really research heavy and really scientific heavy and I was trying to disseminate that in a in a more basic, comprehensible yeah. way, sometimes it takes like a whole day of just back and forth. Yeah. And uh, But then do you follow uh, Chris Dew? 
on Instagram. He's like a design yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know about him because I told Stu about him. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I actually man. think you told me about him. Told me to follow him, or you repost. Maybe you yeah. posted something. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I watched a video of him not too long ago, and he was saying he keeps this little notebook, and uh-huh. in this notebook he lays out ten or five by five grids, so ten slide carousels. Yeah. And he just yeah. has these grids laid out, and throughout the day, if he has an idea, he just puts the titles on every slide. Oh, that's uh, clever. And so I started doing that because I was like, okay, yeah. I'm spending way too much time creating these fucking carousels. Yeah. And now it's taking me over half half the amount of time. So instead of yeah, taking cool. three hours, it's literally taking me anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes, if that. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm going to start doing that. I it, like that. It was a game changer. I don't know why, because yes. all you're doing is putting titles on there and maybe yeah, a note but, or two, but it changed everything and for the carousels. Yeah. He's a, yeah, Chris, Christo is a king. He's, um, he, he really, uh, took being a brand as a designer to the next level, you know, like, cause uh, on, on like he, their main business model, he runs a company called the future and it's his client is the graphic designer. Yeah. You know, so it's super interesting, but, um, I think the, the I have some, I have some science. <laughs> um, I have some science that I can kind of give you about why that might be happening. That you know you're just jotting these ideas down uh, throughout. So the creative process. I went to this uh, the neuroscience of creativity. I went to this seminar, right? This talk, and basically what happens is, and I've, I've incorporated it into my workflow, is say for example, I'll use ballistic as an example. We'll do the clear brand workshop, and I'll read over all the notes. And I'll go and do some research into like what I think some inspiration might be, what some visuals might be, what some colors might be, fonts. And I'll just kind of take all this information in and jot down some ideas. If I started to like try to design on the back of that, there's always this, it's like running into a brick wall, just will not happen in this creative block, right? Or like writer's block if it's, if it's text-based. But you sleep on it for a couple of days and then you sit down to do it and it just flows. It just comes, the ideas just come. And what's really happening is your, um, your conscious mind is taking a rest from it. You're not thinking about it actively, but your subconscious is hard at work and we don't realize, but it's hard at work making connections because that's what the brain does, right? And, you know, this is super layman version <laughs> of, 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 of this extra complicated science that no one really understands. But... Uh, it's trying to make a connection between what you're trying to achieve and what you've gathered in terms of information. And um, so I think maybe that's what's at play when you're just jotting these things down. So eventually when you do go to write it, your subconscious has done the work for you. Yeah. I mean, that could be it. The, yeah. The science is there. And the science might be there. <laughs> that's, well, that's the thing about science, right? Yeah, exactly. It might be. <laughs> uh, well, with all that said, with ballistic, mm-hmm. you know, where are we at? Uh, to kind of give the listeners an idea because we I think we update people all the time and and just to kind of touch base you know where are we at in terms of the brand and what are the the final steps for for us and for the yeah the partnership between us and Macon creative so you guys have your brand manual you guys have all the assets you have the ability to print your t-shirts and and put out um you know, put the touches, the brand that touches on the whole experience of being a ballistic performance client. You're already running with the Instagram stuff. Uh, the next big thing is the website, which is due to launch um, pretty much any day now. Like I have a few of the final tweaks to do. And then um, 
we're pretty much ready to go there. And I think that's where, you know, it, it's going to be the culmination of the, all the work that we've done together where, you know, for me, I, I like to think of it of how close are we to giving the ballistic performance client the experience that, that we hope to achieve and the experience that they deserve. And we're almost there because the idea is that they're going to see something of yours on Instagram and they're going to be like, okay, these people are speaking to me. They're speaking my language and they they seem very knowledgeable and they're consistent and they just seem like good people. So I'm, I'm ready. And they go on the website and, and websites for me are more of a, uh, a confirmation than a like straight up selling convincing tool you know mm -hmm. it's it's it, for me it's like you go on there to be like oh, okay yeah like i'm glad this is their story i'm glad this is who they are i'm glad coda works there <laughs> like, <laughs> that's gonna be a cool Which, part of it you by know? the way ashley could not have been more thrilled i literally woke up and read her that email <laughs> i said look at what boris sent and she read it and she's like, oh my God, I love him. <laughs> I, I just think it's cool. I think, um, like I said before, you guys are an online only business. So you got to find these ways to inject personality and, and, and a human touch into it. And like Coda is such a big part of your life. You should be part of the business. So yeah, why not? it's cool. Yeah. Like, and why not? Like, you know, that, that's the other thing that I try to like uh, get my clients to do is like have a little bit of fun with this, you know, like, be very, very serious when you go see your accountant. But when you're doing your brand, like this is, there's got to be a degree of fun. I think this is the fun part of learning a business. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think that's what's going to be cool. That's the next step for Ballistic. It's like the culmination of everything mm -hmm. is, is the website, and that's where it all comes together. Yeah. Oh, I love what you said about the website too, because I think I mentioned this to you when we first started working together. Was we wanted to work with you because we wanted the website and the whole brand, but specifically the website, when they clicked on that to immediately think like, holy shit, this is a legitimate brand. This is a yeah. comprehensive offering. This is professional. This is credible. Because yeah. our price point isn't exactly on the low end and it's not extremely yeah. high either, but it's high yeah. enough that if I clicked on the website and it looked like shit, I wouldn't yeah. give you my money. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that people need to realize is, you know, there's a way to, like, you can make a brand for 50 bucks, right? Like, you can go on Fiverr, get a logo for five bucks, go on Canva and do, like, copy one of the Instagram templates and go on Wix or Squarespace and make a website and for 50 bucks, you're done. But what you don't get is it's not thought out. What you don't get is, like, it doesn't tell a consistent story. It doesn't look unique. And, you know, like you have a website that now looks the same as everyone else's. And with you guys, I remember that conversation because you were like, I need people to understand that we are professionals. Like, I think that, like, that was kind of the terminology that you use. And a lot of the inspiration that I drew on for, for your website was like, this isn't like, I try to move away from like looking at fitness stuff as much as possible. And your website, if you look at it, like it could be a Silicon Valley starter, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, it's got that vibe of like, because people are used to paying, they're used to subscribing to these services. Like if you look at, you know, the landing page for something like Stripe or Netflix or, you know, um, you know, Spotify or any one of these services that people subscribe to Dropbox, the way that these things are laid out, it's so that 
people get the information in a very clear, concise, experiential way. And that's what I wanted to introduce to your website um, so that people felt well-informed and taken care of and that they were doing business with someone who was trustworthy because if your website looks like shit, the message isn't like we did this ourselves. The message is you can't trust us. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. That's the sad reality. Like brand matters on that, on that level. Um, it communicates to us and, and a lot of people think it's like hoo-ha or like, you know, this nice to have thing. But I think we're moving away from that. Like I won't do business. Like if someone's asking for $30 a month from me, like the level of experience I expect for that <laughs> is ridiculous. And like <laughs> yeah. for someone to ask $150 of me a month, like I better feel like I'm not sending my money just into the into a black hole on the internet. Like I want to know that there's a person on the other end of it. So yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the way. Um, I, I actually, so you go ahead. No, you can go ahead and finish your thought there. Yeah. So, um, no, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I just wanted to know, like, you know, I'm giving my kind of uh, experience of, of working with you. Like, what's the experience been like for you guys? I'm really interested of, like, from Clear Brand Workshop to, like, this whole thing because, you know, you've never done anything like this. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, just curious is the experience of like, what the hell is this guy doing on the <laughs> other side of the world? Like he's just, he's asking me what I believe about life. And then like logos pop out, like what yeah. the hell is happening? Like what's that experience for you guys? Yeah. Are you ready to record this? This is going to be like your testimonial on your website, Let's right? Go. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's been an awesome process. Uh, you know, when we first reached out, like I'd mentioned, I had never, I didn't know anything about you, Metcon Creative. I just heard Stu mention Metcon Creative a couple times on a podcast, decided to check it out. And, you know, obviously I looked at the website, went through some things, and just like we were just talking about, website looked clean, looked professional, uh, and it looked like something I wanted to potentially work with. And like you had mentioned, there's cheaper ways to go about it. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, you can probably do it, but it's not going to be, like you said, as well thought out. It's not going to be as consistent. It's not going to be as clean. And so when we first started talking and then you outlined the process and all those things, we didn't even, I pretty much had my mind made up whether we were going to work with you or not before you even presented the the timeline and the the fee. And yeah. so... I remember that actually. And that, like, we're, so, we're ready. I'm like, you don't even know what it costs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, ready. I had a figure in my head and I said, okay, if it's yeah. less than this, I'm in. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it was obviously, so we didn't hesitate, but that all that all transitions back to your brand being consistent and, and you having clear messaging and you communicating well with us, even though you're on the other side of the world. I mean, when we talk to people and explain that we have, because I always describe you as like our brand mentor, and I'm like, we're working oh, with this guy. He's, in, like that. <laughs> he's, a, he's our brand mentor. He lives in Australia. And they're like, what? Like, how the hell did you get connected with this Australian dude? And yeah. I think they kind of think what you mentioned, like, where, where's your money going? Like, you're, paying, you're working with a guy that lives <laughs> on the other side of the planet. Uh, but everything has been fantastic. I mean, the Clear Brand Workshop, like you described, I think ours was about two hours. So it really was two hours of diving in and answering a lot of questions. And it was fun because if we got to do it, the three of us, Ashley was involved. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from there moving into like the next phases, every time I got an email from you, I was like, oh, sweet. What did he, you know, what did he do? What, what did it, what's he sending us? What's the, what's the logo? What's the fonts? I mean, I remember when you sent us the logo, the fonts, the colors, 
And I was like, all right, next post. Like, we got, we got to get this shit out there. <laughs> yeah, I remember you guys were like, we're ready now. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Break. Like, we're not there yet. Like, I'm just going to, like, this still needs to be thought out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we've definitely been eager throughout the whole process, but. Uh, For sure, man. I loved it. It's been awesome every step of the way. And Ashley and I were just talking about it the other day. You know, everything that you've done has been so, so well thought out, so creative. And really, like, we, I don't know if we've sent, really any negative feedback in the terms of like, hey, we don't like that design or we yeah. we don't like the direction that's going. I think it was all just little nitpicky things here and there. And yeah. I thought that was awesome. Like not having to feel like, holy shit, everything that we're trying to create, like we're having to redo it or we're having to try to redesign. And, and that just yeah. goes to show like how much you're listening in the conversations that we're having and, and finding the inspiration that you probably feel inspires us through those conversations that we've had. And so it's been yeah. really cool to see it progress as it goes through. And now, you know, we're kind of nearing the end and we're just like itching to get our, you know, get our hands out on that, on the website and, and get yeah. stuff out there. Cause we're really at that point in the business too, of where, all right, like if we're going to make this our full-time gig, like we need to start mm -hmm. putting in the time with sales and, and marketing yeah. efforts and, and, br and continue with the branding as well. So it's been uh, it's been a journey for sure. We've definitely learned learned a lot along the way. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for that. Like that, it, it makes me very happy because on my end, um, and you know, this earlier in my career, it was all about the visuals. It was like, what do you want this to look like? All the conversations were like, what colors do you like? Um, you know, do you want like a classic look or a modern look? And and that was that was the extent of the conversation. And then I would create logos or brands, and people would be like, this isn't. This isn't what I wanted. Now I invest a whole lot more time into like really understanding who you guys are as people, who you want to be as a business, who, who we're targeting. And um, it makes the creative result a lot better. And it's, it's just a more fulfilling way to work. And it's it gives me peace of mind, you know, when I go to bed at night, knowing that what I've created is going to work for people. Because like you said, now you're moving into this phase of like almost testing, right? like um you know sales and marketing and stuff and like a, a brand isn't you're not just kind of you know putting a skin on something and, and making it look good uh you're really hoping that this is a workhorse for you like the brand should be a workhorse it should should um confirm people's belief that they should work with you it should entice them it should encourage them to learn more um so as this process goes on, then please send that feedback of like what's working, what isn't. And, and, and this is for me, like once you're a client of mine, my door is always open, so to speak, um, via email. I'm on the other side of the world for most people. Um, and, but it is interesting. It's like my, my wife always says to me, she's like, first of all, you just made this whole job up. Like who's a graphic designer just for the fitness industry, a brand designer just for the fitness industry. <laughs> And um, I'm like, this is 2020. This is the world we live in. You can make up, you can live the career that you want. Um, you know, if you're willing to work very hard and, and understand the people that you're working with. So she's like, you just made this whole thing up. And the question that I had to ask myself, honestly, was like, there's so many talented designers in the States. Like, what is, why me? You know? And I think it's, I'm just so passionate about the fitness industry and I'm so passionate about the people within it that um, it's just, 
I've managed to carve out a nice little niche and, and working with people like you and, and hearing the experience from your end just makes me really happy. And I asked that question of um, Jim, the CEO at OPEX, or former CEO, he just left last week, but um, he said that people who design at, that, at a very high level move into the startup space or the Silicon Valley space here because that's where the money is. So that's what happens in the States. Um, so that gave me a good good insight. So um, yeah, for me, it's like it doesn't matter where the money is. It's it's you got to be happy waking up every morning and wanting to do the work, right? It's like for you guys, you could probably train someone who's going to give you a thousand dollars a month. If if they're not going to be fulfilling to you as clients, you're not genuinely impacting their life. Like how fulfilled are you going to be? Right. Yeah, I mean that's so, what it's all about. 100%. So, yeah, that was my long-winded way of saying thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. Uh, I'm glad you asked the question, too. Yeah. You know, all all that said about our brand and about uh-huh. Jim's, uh, what they need to do to make these connections and the connections that you've had with, with all of these different gym owners and individuals, especially now with everything that's happened with COVID, mm-hmm. you know, what... What if what are some things you're seeing on your end in terms of branding? Are a lot of gyms rebranding? Are they transitioning to hybrid models where they're doing, you know, the online and the in-person? Are they just completely moving away from brick and mortar and going virtual or, you know, kind of what are some of the trends that you've seen? Um, all of the above, really. Like some people are, a lot of people are kind of, uh, you know, knee-jerk Zoom classes, right, in the start of this because it's like, People need fitness. Like, if we don't start Zoom classes now, people are going to start leaving. So I think that was the first kind of reaction was that. And then people started realizing, like, hey, you know, maybe a hybrid model works out. And what I would recommend to people is um, talk to your clients, man. Like, see what they want. They might be like, dude, you know, like, I struggle to get in at the class times or I struggle to get in the gym because it's like a 20 minute drive down a 20 minute drive back when in that time I can do my workout at home. So I think that's the hybrid model is super interesting. It's like train wherever you are, always be a part of ballistic performance, always be a part of urban movement, always, you know, like, so people feel connected to the brand beyond the four walls of the gym. I think that's super interesting and important. Um, I've had, not so many um, gyms who are moving to a, an online only model, but one of my best friends is a personal trainer and he was working out of a Globo gym and, you know, paying rent and stuff like that there. Uh, and he moved his whole operation to his garage, invested a bit of money, bought a bunch of equipment, and he's like, I'm never going back because it's yeah. so convenient. You know, he's like, I literally walk into my garage and I'm at work, um, which is like so that's awesome so he's never going back uh i don't know anyone who's moved completely online like who wasn't already thinking that that's the play for them and for you guys i have a question for you guys like obviously like do you feel like you were to a degree ahead of the game um that this was already in your in your mind about just being online only uh you know like do, do you kind of feel like you were ahead in your thinking and, and other people have to catch up to a degree? In some ways, yes, but I think... Like you're not launched. <laughs> if, yeah, if you yeah. launched in February, like it would have been perfect. But Right, yeah. I think in some ways it was. I mean, when, when everything shut down, 
and we don't have a, a huge following now, but when everything shut down, we gained, you know, I think it was like eight, 900 followers in the first two months of quarantine. And I don't yeah. know if it's because everyone was on their phone more and consuming more content on Instagram or whatever it was, but that obviously mm -hmm. benefited us. And then a lot of the people that we've worked with in the past at other facilities knew what we were doing and knew there was an immediate outlet there to continue their fitness. And so in mm -hmm. that way, I feel like we were ahead, but obviously there's, there's other brands and other people out there who have been doing this for a lot longer and it's still tough to break through that barrier and that noise and, yeah. and to be that, that top of mind brand out there. Um, so in that way, not so much, but definitely a little of both. And, um, now I don't really know. I keep telling people, my opinion is I think moving forward in the next 12 to 36 months that you're going to see a lot of gyms switch to almost what like spin studios and, and orange theory does. And that's like X number of classes per month. Right. I think, I think in CrossFit that came around once and then it kind of went away and everyone went back yeah. to unlimited classes. And mm -hmm. then now I think you're going to see that again. Cause I think like the Karens and Susans of the world are going to realize holy shit, I only need to go see my friends once or twice a week. I can work out of my garage with my 26-pound yeah. kettlebell, my 10-pound dumbbells yeah. for three or four days, and I'm just fine. And it gives me more time. Like I don't have to get a sitter for the kids, or I don't have to do X, Y, and Z. And so I think that's going to be a realization for a lot of people. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was it was really funny. Like One of the things... And I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think um, I think a lot of people are afraid that that's going to happen because their business model doesn't support people not being in the gym. Um, but I remember when when the lockdown first happened, everyone went to work from home, and I think just through the the fact that kids were home, school wasn't on, so you had to get the kids outside, and you weren't commuting. Like we have a little nature walk across the road from us that my wife and I have been walking since we moved into this house three years ago. And we're usually the only people going for a walk. And it was just packed. It was mm -hmm. like dads riding their bikes with their kids, the whole family is out, people playing like soccer slash football, like just, you know, it was kind of like a nostalgic moment of like everyone being outside the way that, you know, kids play outside. I don't know how it is in Michigan, um, but here that's definitely not something that you see anymore the way you used to when we were growing up. Um, and, and, and you definitely, like, I would see people running and I'm like, you have been running on a treadmill, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and I, I, I noticed, you know, because you see these people, you're like, you were driving to a gym to run on a treadmill and now you're running outside and you're mm -hmm. not going back. Because once you felt fresh air and, like, realized the additional benefits of, like, not going from your office to the gym to run on a treadmill, like, those people aren't going back. So, I think... I think what's exciting, like you said, you know, people are re going to realize they only have to go to the gym once or twice a week to get that social aspect and then train in the garage. I think it opens up a lot of possibilities for gym owners to make that experience when the people do come into the gym a lot more exciting and a lot more like experiential and just fun. Yeah. You know, like people want fun. Like, oh, yeah. I think 100%. That's, that's what's required in like these uncertain times is like levity. You know, mm -hmm. like how do you inject a little bit of fun and like enjoyment into people's lives? And sometimes it's like just take them to the park, put a 10 kilo sandbag on their back, just let them walk. <laughs> yeah. And just see how that goes for an hour. You know, there you go. Like, that's all it needs to be. 
I yeah, I think that and I think kind of what Stu mentioned on I don't even remember what podcast this was, but he was talking yeah. about creating these kits and trying to create this entire yeah, yeah, at home yeah. experience. And I think yeah. if you can pull it off, which the bigger brands can obviously that's uh-huh. going to be huge. I think if someone can sign up online and you Absolutely. hit the button that says like at home package or however you want to brand it and yeah. at their doorstep just arrives TRX straps, a custom mm-hmm. branded kettlebell and you know, what, whatever, a jump rope, they're going to yeah. feel amazing. They're going to think it's the yeah. coolest shit ever. A hundred percent. And I think, I think the person who, like was kicking themselves the most is the like the equipment manufacturers who were like why didn't we ramp up production in september last year <laughs> you know like because they would have because shit was sold out everywhere like it's still sold out everywhere it's still sold out like you couldn't buy a dumbbell in australia for like weeks yeah and it was crazy and it's like how much of that is getting utilized i don't know i think the next thing the next big play is like the uber of gym equipment you know like like equipment sharing yeah could be actually man I'm gonna maybe you shouldn't business. have said that maybe you better write that down you shouldn't have said that so like <laughs> i'm gonna get you signed an nda before you can publish this podcast <laughs> all your listeners have signed it no like um ideas don't mean anything executions everything that's it. it that's it yeah. well but um if anyone wants to execute on that be my guest uh, i won't do it um but yeah i think i think that enough I, I spoke about this with Stu, like a lot of people are concerned when they go away on like vacation. How I'm gonna? How am I gonna keep working out? And they go to like this. They do push ups for two days, and then they're like, oh, <laughs> fuck, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna chill by the pool." But imagine a, a a a world where like, okay, cool. I'm going to this Airbnb. I'm gonna be there for two weeks, and the day you arrive, you know, you get this at home kit mm-hmm. delivered, and then you just put it back in the same box that it came in and the postage return postage is already paid Yeah. the day that you finish up and a courier comes and picks it up on the last day of your vacation and it's all done. That's cool. Like, yeah, that's I'll, awesome. I'd pay a premium for that. Hell yeah. That's got a lot of logistics I wouldn't want to have to deal with, but yeah. Me either. I'm just saying I want that experience. <laughs> I'm not interested in putting the logistics to it. A lot of this stuff is just like desires. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's awesome. I remember you guys talking about that actually. But yeah. with, with all that said and potential changes that could occur, yeah. you know, what do, what do gyms need to do or brands need to do? Do they need to pivot in order to retain and attract new clients like does there need to be a shift there in the brand or in the the whatever marketing and sales efforts that they're doing now that we're kind of shifting in that virtual realm it's a good question i think i think what what this whole situation has done is it's brought to light truths that were always there right and in many ways but mainly in the way that you should always be pivoting you should always be paying attention to the culture, be paying attention to what's happening. Um, otherwise, you risk going the way of the taxi industry, right? Like, we've all had that conversation with a taxi driver of, like, how has Uber impacted you? And they're like, I am struggling and I feel for them. But I think their anger at Uber is, to a degree, misplaced. It should be pointed at, you know, the cab companies because... They didn't move with the times. There was no reason that, you know, um, whatever the cab company in your city couldn't have done something like Uber or like mm-hmm. improve their service. They just kind of like 
these kind of legacy industries, right? And and gyms need to realize that we're all one technology away from being completely uprooted in in what we're doing and 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 becoming obsolete. Design is no exception. Like a, a new logo generator, a new artificial intelligence driven design system is coming out every other day yeah. and um you know that shit is real <laughs> so you know everyone needs to pay to i think i think just pay attention to the culture and always shift always move with it like you know we spoke about orange theory we spoke about barry's boot camp soul cycle the level of experience that these people are offering means that now you and your little in your like smaller gym or you and your one-on-one personal training business don't have a right to not provide a premium experience anymore. So that's a shift that people are like catching on to and going, okay, cool. With the next 12 to 36 months, you have to have some form of uh, continuity of your program, of your system when things like this happen. This isn't the first pandemic the world's been through. It won't be the last, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and it won't be the last situation where, you know, we'll be locked in the house for for a certain period of time like these just happen and sometimes it's not even that the whole world is experiencing it like now sometimes it's like the situation that i'm in i've had a garage gym for two and a half years and i've used it twice until my baby was born and now i use it every day because mm-hmm. the half an hour drive to the gym and the half an hour back to the gym where i was training is my entire workout plus you know, so like people, like you have to serve people on a level where life's changing for them all the time. And, and if you can provide that service and, and provide that continuity, definitely like, yeah, yeah. just keep an, keep an eye on the culture. And I spoke to Stu about this. Uh, I said, cause he's, for example, like urban movement, his ideal client is like people in their early to mid twenties and late twenties. And, you know, these are people who care about, social issues these are people who care about sustainability environmentalism and stuff like that and Stu's like he doesn't really care yeah. but he, he recognizes that he has people who care so if you have a water cooler with plastic cups those people are going to walk in and they're just going to feel like ah oh, not really the place for me mm-hmm. you know whereas if you have like a really cool water filter and you sell branded like glass water bottles that's cool like sustainably sourced and made and stuff like yeah. that. People can connect to that. So that's that, that's one movement that you need to pay attention to because it's it's growing and it's happening and I think it's great. Um, you know, more response people are trying to live more responsibly. I think I think that's one of the cultural movements that's happening alongside this whole digital first world that mm-hmm. we're experiencing. No, I agree. I mean, good yeah. advice there for sure. Well, on your end, on Metcon Creatives end, do you have anything yeah fun and exciting on the horizon anything new you know what um I'm, i've been working on this thing for a while and i think it's finally coming to a place where um the planning stage is over and i'm going to start creating and it's basically um an online course that's like the basics of brand because i realize like for gym owners and, and for personal trainers and you know people in the fitness industry i wanted to have a broader deeper understanding of what branding is and so not necessarily that they can create their own brand but so they can have a higher level conversation about it and so that when they work with someone like me or you know their local designer a gym member who is a designer they can get a better result because they have a better understanding right like when you write a program for someone for example if they're a complete novice 
the level of programming you can give them is only so much. Whereas mm -hmm. if they're intermediate, they have an intermediate knowledge of what's happening. They know about glute activation. They know about energy systems to a yeah. degree. You're able to do more with them, right? So I have this kind of thing I've been working on. It's an online course for like brand basics. And, you know, people will be able to, to do that. Um, obviously, I have a, a baby now. I want to spend more time with my family. So um, the other thing that, um, and I'm going to be completely open and honest here, like it's a struggle to get work done when you're working from home and you have a family mm -hmm. uh, who's also at home. And, you know, like she's just so damn cute. Like my <laughs> daughter's so cute like, that I, I want to be there for the moments. You know, so I think I'm going to, um, you know, with that and with the unpredictable schedule and with COVID, like everyone's world has changed. Someone said it really well. They're like, you're not working from home. You're staying home in a pandemic trying to work. Yeah. I think that's a good way to describe it. So, you know, with that comes missed deadlines. With that comes, uh, you know, like not being able to work as much or as well as you wanted to. And so I'm just... I'm always trying to refine my processes and my systems and I'm actually going to move to a, to a, to a process where it's like um, weightlisting people, um, you know, so I'm not taking on too much at a time so I can devote the time that I, that I want to. And I used to have this luxury before, before we had Mila of, you know, if I needed to, an inspiration struck, I could work for like 16 hours straight. Right. <laughs> and like my wife would just, like just food would arrive at my table. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't even know what is happening. Like things would just pop up and like water would be there. And, like, I hadn't got, gotten out of my chair because to a degree when creativity strikes, like it's, you know, you take advantage um, and you get into that flow state. Uh, and I could stay up till two, three, four in the morning because, you know, I, I was really loving what I'm working on. I don't have that luxury anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to be very, very intentional about my time. So those are the two things that are happening. Like I'm going to have some kind of online course to help people understand brand and, and, and control their brand better. And on the other end of that, refining my systems to bring yeah. some predictability to it. I love that. I love the course idea. Uh, and obviously cool. figuring out a way to spend more time with your family and your daughter. Yeah. Uh, but the course idea just popped out of my head. A friend reached out to me. She just wanted yeah. to, she wanted to start a podcast. And so she starts oh, cool. asking me all these questions about gear and, and programs. And I told her, I said, listen, I'm by no means an expert. I literally think I just got lucky and I bought the right equipment that just happened to work with my Mac and yeah. I downloaded the right software and it just all came together. And so yeah. I said, I can give you what I got and yeah. you can go from there. And so she did that whole process and, then she said, Hey, I want to, I'm going to make a logo. And I was like, Oh, cool. And she sends me this logo that she made. And, um, yeah. you know, I was like, Hey, uh, I mean, I'm not an expert either, but what I learned from our brand mentor is that you need to fix that font. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> I love it. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you need more than one. Like you need a second one and then you need probably a third. And I basically just walked through like the process that you and I have talked about. That's cool. And uh, I was like, man, if someone could make like something to educate everybody out there of these things, because like I wouldn't have known any of that if I hadn't worked yeah. with you. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, man. I'm so glad to hear that because I'm like, you know, you, you kind of think of these things and I've, I've run it past a few people and kind of asked like, is this something that, you know, you would find a value? 
you don't really know until you put it out there. So that's like that. That's really cool to know. And, yeah, um, there's your yeah. real life example I, right there. Awesome, and I'm I'm glad that you've learned through this process because for me it's not like I'll just create your stuff for you. For me, it's like you have to understand why it's happening because if you don't understand why it's important to maintain the same font or why you can't just like add a fourth color for no reason, like. <laughs> you're going to have a hard time staying consistent and the brands are going to be as effective. So like, I appreciate that you guys have learned through this process. We're trying, um, we're trying. Yeah, man. You, and I would say that that's a very good description of you guys. You're trying, <laughs> like you're always like just leveling up and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, we spoke before we started the podcast. Like, um, I don't know how many of you guys have received emails from Derek, but they are like these incredibly well-written, well-thought-out <laughs> feel like you're having a very considered conversation with the man every time he emails you and so like i'm just going to put it on public that like that is a mark of your professionalism and, and it's not an automated message i'll make sure that's no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but if it was people wouldn't know they wouldn't it know it's personal. happened before it's happened before. it's happened it feels very personal so yeah man I, I really appreciated that as well so uh you know the man does a good podcast but like yeah, that, that's the other piece of advice that I have for anyone, like just level up how you communicate with yeah. people digitally because um, I always say that like email isn't a text message, email is a digital letter. So if mm -hmm. you think about more writing a letter, I think it's, yeah, and maybe you could do a course on how to email for business oh, owners. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. I have I'll a, take that course. Ever since I heard the... Uh... I heard an episode, I forget, it might have been WTF, it might have been uh -huh. one of the branding with Boris ones, but I think Stu was talking about trying to create like a, a content, uh, like copywriting program oh, or, yeah. or a service. And yeah. I, I always think about that because I'm like, man, for all the time I put it all this damn writing that I do, like maybe I should just start doing it for other people, but then I'd have no time to do anything else. <laughs> no, well, it's a whole business in itself. Oh yeah, it's I, crazy. I, I, it, it's all of these things are like so time consuming. And the thing is, uh, you know, when you have that experience with a brand where you're like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? This just makes sense. Yes, this makes so much sense. Do you know how many hours went into that? Mm -hmm. Like, do you know how much money often went into that? Like, a lot of these things, like, you go to a, like a website and you're like, this new online service, like, states a new something that collects your emails and stuff like that. You're like, this seems so simple. And then you do a bit of research on the company. It's like $18 million of venture capital funding. <laughs> this shit takes real fucking money. Yeah. Man. So, real money yeah. in real time and really fucking smart people. Yeah, exactly. And many of them. So like uh, if you can always say like, look to those big companies, just reverse engineer what they're doing. Like it's okay to do that and put your own stamp on it. Like this is the same thing about, you know, like copy those steel. Um yeah, I think it's it's the best play you have. And like you mentioned before, you go to like, you know, you go to the Barry's Bootcamp website and they have the at-home at option and they'll send you a kit. There's no reason that your micro gym can't do that. And you have you have like the ability that if people are ordering that kit in your city, adding that personal touch and delivering it, you know, personally. Yeah. I think that's it's just like, you That'd know. That'd be awesome. The ROI of like emotion. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially now. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Well, in closing today, my last question mm -hmm. for you, well, second to last question is going to be, if there's someone out there listening who's looking for a gym, a coach, uh, they're going to register for an online program or subscribe to some kind of service, you know, what are three things from 
in your opinion, that they should look for to know that that's probably going to lead to an awesome experience from a branding perspective? Mm -hmm. First of all, like consistency, like that's, and it's the easiest thing to spot. Like does the Instagram look similar to the website? Does the website look similar to, you know, like, uh, whatever the PDF is, or, you know, when, when you see people wearing their shirts and their photos and stuff like that, like, is there, an attention paid to the experience is the first thing. The second thing is how genuine does it all seem? Like, you know, a lot of people say, we're the premier health and fitness facility or like, you know, we do the best coaching. Check reviews and things like that because that like says a lot about the brand as well, you know, like how do people interact with this? Do they seem genuine? And, and people have a gut instinct about this. Like this is what um, a lot of people don't realize is it's getting harder and harder to bullshit people. Right, like people just have an instinct of what's not true and what's like when they're being sold to. That's why people hate online advertising, and they hate that experience of like I just spoke about, you know, going on vacation with my friend, and now I'm getting all these ads for like flights to that destination. No one likes that experience happening to them. So you know, genuine, be genuine, and and be helpful, and um, just for the brand experience, see how much effort they're putting into things like their Instagram, things like their website um, because it's likely that they'll put the same amount of um, effort into the experience of having you within their gym or in, inside their program. So, you know, if you look at something like ballistic performance, <laughs> you, guys put a, you guys put a ton of effort in and like I say good work for good people because before you had all of the, the website, before, you, before we did all the branding work, I saw how much effort you guys were putting into the actual people that you were working with through the conversations we were having and how much you care. And I think that's translating into the brand. So I think keep an eye on that. Um, yeah. No, if you have an online program, just, you know, you're going to be taken care of. I appreciate with, that. Yeah. Well, I love all three of those. I think that's awesome. And, cool. uh, I appreciate you taking all this time. We're at like a minute or an hour and 40 minutes now. So yeah, we've, been, we've been jamming, <laughs> which is I'm, great. I, I, I'm long-winded, man. I don't know how long your podcast usually hey. are, but like I, talk, I like to philosophize and, and talk. And There's no limit. No limit. Awesome. Uh, like well, appreciate you coming on. And for anyone who is listening, who's maybe trying to revamp a brand or just interested in reaching out to speak with you about what you do at Metcon Creative or just find you and just ask you questions, where can they find you? Uh, it's metconcreative.com.au is my website. I am at metconcreative on Instagram and you can just shoot me a DM or shoot me an email, boris at metconcreative.com.au and um, yeah, that's how to get in touch with me if you, if you need help and like with your brand or even if you just need advice, you want me to look over it and stuff like that, I always say, you know, my advice is free and then the stuff that I create costs money. But <laughs> I'm here to help, you know, like if someone's at a loss or someone just like you, you keep trying to figure this thing out by yourself and you're just not getting there, hit me up and um, yeah, we'll see what we can do together. But um, thank you so much for, first of all, for the project. Like it's been an absolute blast working with you and Ash and yeah, I've just, I've just had a great time. Just you embody what it is to be like good work for good people. Um, I can't wait to see like what, what comes next. For you guys and how this thing plays out and um it'll be fun to revisit in like six to twelve months of like how it's all gone for you and what you've learned um 
because I imagine like once you grow and scale and stuff like that, uh, it's going to be a really interesting time. So yeah, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you having me on the podcast. It's really yeah, cool. Absolutely. I appreciate all the kind words and obviously we'll still be in touch, but thanks for coming on and uh, maybe we'll have you here again in the future. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're tuning in every single week, we appreciate you so much. And if it's your first time listening, we appreciate that as well. In either case, do us a favor. If you enjoy what you're listening to, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, leave a comment in there as well. That is how we get more recognition on the platform. That's how we reach more people and change more lives through the value that we're bringing you on these podcasts. Aside from that, be sure to follow us on every other platform, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Facebook. We're on everything, everywhere. So make sure you check those out, subscribe to those channels. And so you can stay up to date with every bit of information that we're putting out there to help you move closer towards your goals.